Hey everybody, I'm Peter and I have trouble connecting with young people. He on the other hand is a very special baby. It's Mike. How's it going, Mike? Sick burn. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Welcome to Rebels Rebels. It's the show where we explore the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode by episode deep dive into the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Our guest today is host of the Star Wars podcast that's completely dedicated to interviews with creators, cast, and crew of your favorite Star Wars properties. It's Brandon Winerdy of Talking Bay 94. How's it going? It's going good, guys. How are y'all? Great. Um, did I do an all right job describing you it? did. And you pronounced the last name. That was great. <laughs> oh, jeez. I got a little... I have a weird last name, too, so I got a little stressed about it. <laughs> I, I'm so glad no. I have the same... I have a weird last name. We all have weird last names. And yeah. We just got to stick together. Yeah. No yeah. one called us Solo, so we all have this difficult name. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, who, I'm just curious. So, who's your favorite person that you've interviewed so far on your show? Uh, we had an interview with uh, Gary Witta, who wrote Rogue One. Ooh. Uh, and it was, it was the best because he just had so many stories and (laughs) he was just a bit, he was just telling all these things about first Rogue One before it was changed and all like the, the reshoot stuff. And it was super interesting and he's just kind of a fan himself. So it was cool. Yeah. That's so sick. I I heard that one. It's a good one. So I would encourage everyone to do the same. (laughs) Cool. Um, so stay tuned. I think on our bonus episodes, our deep dive episodes, we're going to be start talking about some cool developments that we're working on maybe some things we're going to offer to the public if that's not cryptic and maybe some contests so please tune in to our bonus episodes our deep dives things like that if you want to be up on that but that's the only thing i have to announce you got anything else mike no that's it uh i'm ready to jump in peter are you ready yeah brandon you ready i'm ready let's do it After the Empire's Inquisitors begin targeting select babies for abduction, Ahsoka Tano and the Ghost crew investigate. What they find is unsettling, and it all leads to a deadly confrontation with the children's fate hanging in the balance. Dun dun. CSI episode. (laughs) Yeah! I should also say that I've also dubbed this show, this specific episode. This Mm -hmm. one's also called... Space, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You, like, why don't you ever reference, like, current movies? Because I don't watch current movies. I just continue to watch (laughs) 80s movies over and over and over. It's the weirdest movie references. So, it starts with an abduction. Uh, There's a passenger ship arriving to Trangel? Trangel? It's C-H-A-N-D-R-E-L. Chandrail. But they are abducted by a Star Destroyer. Once captured, the seventh sister and fifth brother board the vessel and take a young child named Alora, which I kind of like that name. I have a question for both of you. I'm curious Mm -hmm. to see what both of you think about this. When this initially occurred, did you think this was happening like in chronological order of rebels or did you think this was a flashback 
Did anyone have that? Oh, like it was them picking up and Inquisitor <laughs> up like way before. No, I thought it was just kind of in sync just because that's how Rebels normally okay. normally operates at least. Okay. Yeah. I never thought of that either, but I okay. kind of like okay, that. Okay, just me. I was thinking like, you know, if Star Wars has like the fashion of the 70s, this look like space <laughs> 50s. And also I was thinking like, is that Ezra? Was this like an attempt on Ezra's life in the beginning? Uh, okay, mm. I'm the only one. All right. I that would have been interesting. Me. I would have liked that. Speaking of the dress, my first note, very insightful, is first guy we see, weird hat. Yeah, space 50s. Yeah, huh? weird hat. I wrote that down because it's <laughs> it's the McCory concept of Han was like the guy yeah. with the headdress on. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, they're doing it again. Here's another McCory uh, little flashback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm getting really, really tired of saying that everything in the show is McCory. Yeah, it's like a drinking game now. I mean, I still am pro- the style of the show there was just a poll i saw online that was like which what's your favorite style artistically of the animated series between what we've seen so far of resistance and clone wars and rebels i still am partial to the rebel style but mm. it has become like kind of a silly drinking game where it's like ralph mcquarrie this <laughs> ralph mcquarrie that yeah i will say with resistance and it, it it stuck out to me while i was watching this episode actually resistance what we've mm -hmm. seen just in terms of like the marketplaces and like the aliens in the background it looks a lot more dense there's a lot more characters in the background as opposed to like the city here you have like five people in the background running around so I think yeah. they're, they're upping totally. their game a little bit yeah yeah i i am crazy about the way the animation style looks in resistance uh, but at crazy first, good or crazy yeah, bad? Yeah, good. Sorry. Okay. Good. <laughs> I, yeah, you gotta I'm, yeah, I know. I, yeah, I, I'm feeling positive. I, I'm sure it looks like the show is going to start kind of like Rebels. Like, I'm getting off track here. Like, a little geared towards a younger audience, but then we'll mm -hmm. kind of advance as it goes. And I'm fine with that. But, man, that animation yeah. style is so cool to me. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. So I think this will probably be out by the time Rebels is premiered. So I bet you we will be resistance. At, dang it, resistance has premiered. It'll definitely be out by the time Rebels is premiered. So hopefully we'll be looking back fondly at the premiere. Yeah, hopefully we're not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a feeling that a lot of Star Wars internet is not going to be looking back fondly on it, no matter what it does. So yeah, it happens every time. Anyway, um, yeah, the the. Alora is the baby's name, and so that is a nod to Elora Dannon. Who does anyone know who that is? From Willow. Yep. Yeah. I had to look that up actually because I don't remember Willow. I saw it when I was a kid. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. Yeah, but it's the baby at the center of the plot in George Lucas's movie Willow. So it's yeah. like a throw. It's a nod to that. See, that's that's what I want. I want more nods to Willow and less nods to less nods <laughs> yeah. to Ralph Corey. <laughs> I'm yeah. waiting for a nod to nod to the labyrinth. Ooh. I'm waiting for a nod to that um, Tuskegee Airmen movie that George <laughs> Lucas made. Red Tails Expanded Universe. Yeah. I just want to see like a, a 50s warplaner. I don't even know what year it's from. Just fly oh, yeah, through yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so after the grand, the Inquisitors board, they confront the grandmother. This is yeah. a grandmother. Seemed actually like a very youthful grandmother. Good for her. Just keep yeah, it I thought up she was just a routine. hipster, like with someone who yeah. dyed their hair gray. Uh, <laughs> uh, she pleads with the Inquisitors, but the fifth brother instead throws his lightsaber at all the passengers and takes the baby with them. Also, um, they say, the seventh sister says, fear not, old one. 
And at first, I didn't think it was a reference to her oh, her age, but I was like, <laughs> I thought it was a reference to something about her, her title or significance. So I spent so long researching <laughs> that before I had the epiphany of like, oh, it was just a lame diss. Yeah. Oh, she's just a grandma. She's just oh, old. Got it. They're making fun of her. <laughs> she's age. just old. Ages yeah. Got it. Um, have you? I haven't noticed this before, but I think this is the first time I brought it up. Have you noticed that the fifth brother kind of has a pot belly? Huh. No. Yeah. Keep an eye out for that. It might just be like he has bad, like uh, he doesn't stand up straight, but he has a little bit of a pot belly, which makes him a little less intimidating to me. Speaking as a man with a pot belly. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I was also curious, what's with the seventh sister's voice? So we've talked about this. She has like a doubling effect on her voice. It's more intense when she has her mask down, which like is a cool Star Wars thing that I actually like is like the voice modulation through masks. But she still, when she takes her mask off, it's fainter, but she has two voices coming out at the same time. Keep away. Fear not, old one. We wish to make friends. But first we have some business to attend to. I mean, she's a different species. So I, I'm like, I this is, uh, this is coming from someone with no medical knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> so take this with yeah. a grain of salt. But like, I'm like, is the anatomy of her like vocal cords different, where she can have speak at two different registers simultaneously? Like, the octaves are completely different. Like one's baritone and one's like this very normal, uh, like mid range. I was like, yeah, maybe it's an anatomy thing on the species. Deep yeah, dive. That's what I was thinking too, but we've seen Barris Offrey and uh, Luminara Anduli, and okay. they're mm-hmm. both the same species, and they don't have that thing. All right. Theory destroyed. <laughs> Boom. Gotcha. <laughs> so, I don't know. Just something to bring up. Maybe she just says vocal fry, like a, like a New York hipster. Ooh. But we'll see. Good one. So, back with Kanan and Ahsoka. Ahsoka shows up and says that there is jedi business that they need to they need to uh take care of which i think is a good title for a sitcom jedi business with freddie prince jr <laughs> really i'd watch um she updates kanan in private on the investigation into the mysterious sith lord aka vader i've been monitoring transmissions from mustafar to find out more about the sith lord and information about him eludes me but i've learned more about his inquisitors it seems they have a secondary mission to make retrievals. Well, we know they hunt Jedi. So what else are they after? At this point, I could only guess. So far, information on Vader has eluded her, but she has learned more about the Inquisitors and their secondary mission, abducting Force-sensitive children. That's such a... I mean, we. this isn't new. We've seen this in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So this isn't necessarily a new plot, but it is a very disturbing one yeah they they even bring that up at the end of the episode and i um it's interesting because i remember watching this and kind of assuming even in the clone wars that they were abducting kids to like turn them into little inquisitors but i think this episode makes it kind of clear that they're just gonna kill the babies am i reading that right 
that's kind of the vibe I'm getting, which is if so, they've done a terrible job. Like they have to take them somewhere to kill them. I don't want to be too like brutal about, uh, too brutal about this, but like, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe it's like a white Walker thing. Like they're going to take them somewhere to sacrifice. Oh uh, yeah. Well, maybe that's why they don't spell it out because it would be too dark. Um, but I found something out really interesting. Um, Dave Filoni. So the episode of Clone Wars we're talking about, um, is called Children of the Force, and Cad Bane is kidnapping Force-sensitive babies for Sidious, um, but they foil him. Something Dave Filoni said when he was talking about like kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff of that episode, or of it was in Rebels Recon, actually. He says that the Clone Wars episode hints that Sidious plugs the stolen babies into a machine that's somehow connected to his ability to see the future. Oh, wow. Whoa. So that's maybe the episode of the, the future of the force is the episode title. So that would kind of tie in well with that. Yeah. So that's what I was wondering is maybe they're not straight up killing them. They're taking them back to Sidious to put them into like the future machine, which like plug I them into U- to USB. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, I guess they showed like a flashback. Like you literally see Sidious put babies down in like this little bonnet thing, but like it has like a, thing that plugs into it matrix kind of yeah it's weird that's a little trippy for me that's pretty dark yeah i don't remember that at all so i guess i need to rewatch clone wars now (laughs) well i just remember from rebels recon so i don't know where that clip was coming from and he says it suggests it but i'm also wondering like the mechanics of like so he uses baby power to be able to see the future um which what do babies uh, possess that people don't? Yeah, I'm wondering what the mechanics of this are. I don't know. I kind of remember that as a rumor for Last Jedi. I don't know if you all remember that. It was like there was a no. playset of Snoke's throne room, and there was like the the little watching window, and everyone thought that I was like him sucking Ray's powers out or something like that. And it was like a big, <laughs> and that's kind of what it reminds me of now. Obviously, that, that did not happen, but I thought that's kind of funny. Huh? Yeah. No, I remember that in the. Uh, I I have to call everything by a different name in pop culture for some reason. I remember referring to that as the space pensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, was that just the I think I know what you're talking about, just the thing where like Kylo and Ray look through it to look at the ships like it's basically just a yeah. big like telescope. Yeah. Okay. Nothing mystical. Yeah, and not being important at all. Yeah, we have seen, I don't remember if this was in Clone Wars, but we've definitely seen it in later episodes of Rebels, spoiler. Um, but Sidious has like a straight up like Wicked Witch from Disney, like bowl of blue fire that he uses to like do mystical weird stuff in. Um, hmm. So I wonder if like the babies power those flames. I don't know. This is getting dark. Maybe we should move on. <laughs> this, is getting we- this is getting weirdly theoretical right now. I know. I like it. Yeah. Um, so, less um, less weirdly... Well, I guess this is theoretical as well. So, Soka says Jedi, they have Jedi business, and Kanan says, well, I guess I qualify. And then Ahsoka responds, you qualify more than I do. I is that true? Nice. Yeah, she quit. He never but quit. He, she's not a Jedi. Yeah. It, neither is he. Well, he never quit. He never he never turned in his resignation. He just got okay. like it was like the company just dissolved. She was like, fair. I quit. <laughs> he was like, Oh man, we got bought out. Okay, fair. I guess that does make it more so. Cause I was just like, aren't they both equally not Jedi? 
Like I, I, mean, I just figured yeah. it was like binary. Like you're either Jedi or not Jedi. Yeah. But I like your interpretation. And I do agree. I thought that was kind of a cute little little yeah. line. I thought it was nice. She says that they have two invest locations to investigate, so they split up. Kanan Ezra, who was listening outside the door in a I liked that line too. It was like, Don't worry, he's already briefed on the mission and he presses the button and <laughs> Ezra falls into the room. Uh so Kanan Ezra and Zeb and Chopper depart for Tacobo. Um AKA Space Bossing say we <laughs> What's nah, that? I, nah, I don't know it's that from is. Avatar: The Last from Airbender. Avatar. Uh, yeah, the city is like it's like divided into all these rings, and I was like looking into it, and there's like you know, the different rings, the different levels of society, and I totally. I forgot that's what the cities were called. Um, I actually I thought this was a cool city design. It's not too it dissimilar cool. from Lothal, mm-hmm. but yeah, like you were saying, it's kind of super clustered, like almost looks like Coruscant, but just really bunched up, and then nothing. Yeah. Like it's just like in a desert. And then it's connected by one road to another super clustered, dense city. Welcome I thought it was a to cool Marine. Touch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you want a fun fact about this planet, Tacobo? Sure. So it is hinted by the by StarWars.com that the reason this planet is called Tacobo is because on the day they were breaking the story in the writer's room, there was a taco bar set up. I love it. oh my god i love it i don't even that's not it's it's, i could see how some people would hate that but i like that so much yeah so this is officially the taco planet oh geniuses some other facts so if you know did you notice the archway they walked through when they first exit the Mm -hmm. spaceport and chopper kind of plugs his arm into the to get the schematics yeah so that archway has been seen two other times. Oh. First, give you a hundred dollars if you can guess where the first one was. A Ralph McQuarrie design. <laughs> yep, it was a Ralph McQuarrie design <laughs> for uh, Jabba's palace. Hmm. But it, it, the, it was used also in Force Awakens on Jakku. Oh. So it's funny because I think they both looked at that picture of Jabba's palace and both independently were like, "Oh, that'd be cool to put in our thing." So both J.J. Abrams and Dave Filoni were inspired by that archway and put it in their show. Yeah. Nah, yeah. I don't hate it. Um, something really quickly I wanted to point out that happened a little bit before. When they landed with the mm-hmm. Phantom on uh, Taco Bar, um, <laughs> Zeb, as, as they're coming for the landing, they're like mm, maybe three feet off the ground. When the yeah. back door opens and Zeb jumps out in this unnecessarily cavalier <laughs> action hero kind of way, but he's like inches above the ground where it doesn't, <laughs> and he's like he like jumps out ready to fight. They're <laughs> just like in a parking lot. And I thought it was just really funny because I was like, that was unnecessary. Guys, he's so cool. I mean, <laughs> I bet he sits in his his chairs backwards. It's like that. Have you seen that SNL sketch? That's like cool guys don't look at explosions. <laughs> it's just yeah. like people like walking away dramatically while things explode behind them. That's that for sure. Yeah, he's tight. Um, yeah. So they 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 look up a a neighborhood that is in the coordinates. They're like, what do inquisitors want with housing units? Um, this neighborhood is called Hammertown. Because <laughs> wow, I love you, it. Yeah. Did you notice? So not literal. Yeah, <laughs> it's only 
populated by Ithorians, <laughs> aka hammerheads. So it's like a little. Okay, question: Do you think hammerheads is a derogatory term? Like, can is that something that in the Star Wars universe, if you said that, is it like saying sand people? Or we're like, whoa, we don't, <laughs> we don't say that. <laughs> uh, I Man, I Kenner got that. Figures are, are racist. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would they? Would hammerheads be offended by me saying that? I don't know. What do you? What do you? What's your head cannon say, Brandon? I think yes. I think that is a very <laughs> offensive. I will say, if you look in the foreground of like the establishing shots, he shows up a bunch of times, but they use like an action figure. They use the hammerhead blue tunic action figure like a bunch of yeah. different times. Like mm-hmm. from the original, which is cool. I don't know if that's pop, popped up before, but I thought that was. Oh, neat. yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. For the record, I that's the impression I got, too. I don't know if it's canonical, but I like thinking about it. Like it's Hammertown and that wasn't named by the Thorians. It's kind of like a ghetto mm-hmm. where it's just like they, they all have to huddle together. It's kind of like a Hooverville. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, th- I think we should we should put that on the list of non-PC uh, terms for aliens. I like that <laughs> for Star Wars. <laughs> for, yep. Um, meanwhile, Ahsoka arrives at the second coordinates, and what is she flying? Oh, an A-wing. Oh, my favorite ship. Uh, yep. I like that she's flying an A-wing here. Mm-hmm. I love anytime I see an A-wing, and I was trying to figure out like, is this her new ship? Because she has a specific ship, right? <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Even in Rebels, she has a shuttle. In Clone Wars, she had that, like, whatever the interceptor she has. But right here, she's flying an A-Wing for some reason. None, you know, who knows yeah. why. But I just freaking love any time an A-Wing shows up. Yeah. I think it makes sense because they're, they're used a lot for reconnaissance because they're so fast. They yeah. can kind of get in and make a scan and get out really quickly. So, I think this is a good move. But I just had never thought about, like, I, I kind of like that touch when there's just, like, the lone fighter. Like the rebellion's ships are good enough so that like Luke can just take an X-wing out and just fly it around the universe. It's not like mm-hmm. you can do that with like a Tie Fighter or something like that. So I kind of like that touch. Yeah. Uh, but she shows up and she finds the grandma's ship. It is disabled and in disrepair. <laughs> she gets her help call. I've fallen <laughs> and I can't get up. <laughs> yeah. Her lifeline. Um. She boards the craft and finds Darja, which is the name of the grandmother. She is alive at this point, And she says that Alora has been taken and Ahsoka promises to get her back. Yeah. And then she's, she also says, uh, come to the farmer's market on Sunday. I'm selling my own <laughs> patchouli soap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a question for you guys. Did the grandma die? No. <laughs> we don't see her. She's not in the end, right? She's not the last scene. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, they have the two babies and they reunite the Thorian mom with the Thorian baby. Right. But I forgot who has the Alora, but it's not the grandma. I think Chopper's just holding the baby, I want to say, but <laughs> yeah. the way she sounded, yeah. sounded like Shmi dying in Attack of the Clones, like how her voice was like breaking up. I don't know. So I thought yeah. she just died. I thought she was dead, but. Okay. Fair. So uh, I have a question though. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Where did the rest of the bodies go? You assume that everyone else on the ship died. There's no <laughs> bodies lying around. Did the Inquisitors just drag them off? They're like, okay, let's... Uh, obviously, yeah. you're new to the Star Wars universe. It's blink three times, then fade away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a video game. Beep, 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 pew. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that would, yeah, I mean, this show is not afraid to 
leave bodies laying around. We've seen it plenty of times where they are laying around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe she cleaned up. She knew Ahsoka was coming. She's like, what's that? <laughs> <Man."> <laughs> She's like, and then she went back to lie on the floor helpless. Like, oh, yeah. it's so clean, but I need help. <laughs> I'm so tired from cleaning. <laughs> okay, I like that. I'm going with that answer. I like also that Darja, and I might be stealing your line here, She's she refers to the Inquisitors by um, one of their pseudonyms, the Red Blades, which mm. we've... is canonical in writing but we've not i don't i think this is the first time i've heard it spoken yeah um it's like hearing lightsaber for the first time like (laughs) red blades are what they're known by but i don't think i've ever heard it said yeah i like that term too it sounds like badass (laughs) um i feel like it's like i'm trying to think of like i feel like it would be good for like a theme song like a metal theme song just like (laughs) the red blades are coming i'm trying to think of something more clever there's a great metal band uh, moment at the end of this episode so i'm gonna tie it back in <laughs> okay i look forward to that <laughs> Please. um so they are back on taco bar and they now they split up again so zeb and chopper go off one way Kane and ezra go another way um zeb and chopper are looking for the fighters that the inquisitors arrived on because Kane wants to know what's up with them if they are there they end up finding them in a docking bay guarded by a probe droid that belongs to the seventh sister. Zeb blows it up. docking bay number? I didn't notice. I don't know. I didn't notice here. It's a question. 420. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just, Just any joking. chance to know the docking number? I mean, um, Brandon understands. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's important. I, they say docking bay 12 a little bit later on or something. I was like, ooh, we're back. But. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where the where the goat or the phantom landed. I don't know yeah. what this talking bay is. I'm sorry I failed you. No, that's okay. I just wanted to know. I think I actually looked that up too because I have a list of everything in, that's translated in Orabesh, and I bet you it said that in the list. And I just like this isn't important. Hmm. <laughs> um, so they show up. Chopper finds the two ships. They destroy that probe droid, and they're going to blow it up. And they hear oh some crate crying. Let's blast this ship and get out of here. I really hope that's not a baby inquisitor. No, we can't just leave it here. We'll blow up the ship after we get the baby. What is wrong with you? Yeah, and I love that Zeb's empathetic response is, oh, baby, let's save it. And Chopper's is, let's just, I'm pretty sure Chopper says, no, let's just blow up the ship with a baby inside. So he says, what you're right. He's a, he's a psycho. It's another he's a, reason. He is, he is legitimately, he, he has psychopathic yeah. tendencies. We're going to leave, we should make a list of all the things he does that are like serial killer tendencies. Yeah, he has a but, lot. <laughs> so I, first, I, I still want my Chopper making a murder episode. <laughs> okay that's great <laughs> um so f- I th- from what i understand i think he first says like let's just leave it yeah. and then like zeb's like no we're not gonna leave the baby and he's like fine let's blow it up then <laughs> like with the baby inside <laughs> like that's wild you fucking nutbag <laughs> um 
I also like because uh, he hears the whining. He's like, I really hope that's not a baby inquisitor, <laughs> which would be <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. cute, admittedly. <laughs> I thought that. I thought that was nice. Yeah. Um, also, have we we have seen? I can't remember where. But those uh, TIE fighters are flying, how the wings fold when they land. Yeah. I think that's cool. I thought that yeah. was super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like the one we saw last season. Yeah. Exactly. How do they land though? Because if you look at they're just mm. resting on the on their like, is, is that's not a very um, efficient way to land well, a, a fighter, I don't think. Yeah. I don't yeah. think the Empire really thought, we've brought this up a ton of times, how we, they used to be said that TIE fighters couldn't land so people can desert, but that's not canonical because we've seen regular TIE fighters just land like on their wings, mm. just straight up, which seems like it would damage the wings. I agree with you, Brandon. Um, yeah. This is maybe a little more ergonomical. Maybe that's why there aren't the solar panels on the outside. We talked about that when we talked about these the first time last season. There's, You'll notice the black solar panels are only on the inside of the wings, mm. um, which makes it less energy efficient. Um, but Empire is not green. Yep. Um, <laughs> these are actually a little, little super nerdy fact. The way that these... They call that the folding wings on these are S foils as well. So I guess oh. they're the same like hinges that X wings oh. have. Cool, interesting. Yeah, yeah. is it? I don't know. That At this point, I'm just spitting out <laughs> random S facts. Interesting to me. S facts. I mean, S facts. Your daily foil fact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that. So, uh, meanwhile, Ezra and Kanan arrive at the housing units and they find an injured Ithorian who tells them that the Inquisitors came for their child named Pipey. Yeah. The child was able to escape with the health, help of a droid, but the Inquisitors are after the baby. I want to speak their language. Yeah. I was surprised that Kanan knows Ithorian. Yeah. Because we've, I've, I forget what book it was in. I think it was from a certain point of view where an Ithorian... Uh, I think the one in the cantina had a like a, a voice translator that they. Oh, were. it's old Joe. Old Joe, uh, old Joe, the bartender a, on a yeah. Lothal. He has a voice translator, mm-hmm. um, which I guess you know maybe that costs a few shekels, so she doesn't have one. But <laughs> yeah, so it's I think from how I understand the tech of that is it doesn't necessarily translate Ithorian, but they they don't have the physical. They're not physically able to make the sounds that are required for basic. So that just allows them to physically speak basic. I think, I think old Joe still needs to like learn the language and understand it. Like it's not like Star Trek. Okay. But how, how do they speak though? Yeah. Cause I'm trying to, I'm watching it right now while we're talking and like, he's talking out of both sides, right? Of little like yeah. pockets or something. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't understand the biology and I'm not going to try, I guess. <laughs> it is kind of wild because they don't, so they don't have mouths that kind of open classically because you would assume like it's kind of flat on the bottom. So they would have like alligator mouths almost, you know what I mean? So they just have like mm. two little holes on the side of their head almost that kind of look like they open and close. All right. Um, as we were talking, I'm writing a list because I want to <laughs> keep this for the duration of the podcast. Languages people speak. Okay. Because, yeah, Kanan speaks a lot of languages, apparently. What else does he speak other than Ithorian? I don't remember. Um, well, I wrote basic, Ithorian, yeah. chopper, 
<laughs> yeah, that's whatever true. those whatever those beeps are. Mm-hmm. And then we've also seen him uh, talk to Wookies. So oh, yeah, share, totally. uh, sh- share mm. what's it called? Sharewook. 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 Um, so that's impressive. Speaking of languages, didn't we just see on what I forgot what the episode was called? The first episode we see the the seventh sister. Didn't they say that? Didn't Zeb say he can't understand Chopper? Yeah, he. I don't believe him. I think he just has a selective um, intelligence when he wants to. He uses it. Yeah, because that's weird. Because we were just talking about how Chopper, Chopper wanted to blow up the yeah. thing, and he seemed to understand what Chopper was saying. Yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, all right. I like that list. Keep that list of the languages everyone speaks, and then also let's make a list of all the psychopathic thing Chopper does. All right. All right. Cool. Two lists going. Here we go. I got them. I got them rolling. So, one little fact about the baby Pipey. This baby was voiced by D. Bradley Baker. What? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I, know. I just like the idea that it's like these serious voice actors are like, he's like, I'm Rex. I'm Captain Rex. Nice to see you. Let's blow some stuff up. And then like, he walks over to another mic because I'm assuming he has to do it in two separate mics and goes like, Mimi, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> like, it was it's just good. a weird job. <laughs> It was just his birthday, August oh, yeah. 30, 29th, 28th, yep. something like that. Happy birthday. It'll probably be like three or four months. <laughs> yeah, before this. Back <laughs> when this is received, but happy belated birthday, D. Bradley Baker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Zeb and Chopper arrive back at the Phantom with Alora in their care. Um, Kanan tells Zeb about the missing Athorian child and tells them to find the baby before the Inquisitors do. So Zeb leaves Alora with Chopper, which is a bad idea because he's a psychopath, and goes looking for Pipey. Um, yeah. Also, when Ezra is consoling uh, the Athorian, what's her name, Uda? Um, uh, yeah, Pipey's he, the oh the the mom. Yeah, when yeah, he's Ula. Con- yeah, Ula. When he's consoling her, he's like, "Don't worry, it's gonna be okay." <laughs> and as he says that, he hands her a stuffed animal of like a baby Ethereum, <laughs> yeah. and she like it like brightens her up, just like, "Oh, thanks." And I was like, "That's a weird <laughs> gesture." <laughs> I wonder if he just maybe he's like maybe he's racist. He calls them hammerheads and just thinks that they're like dogs. It's like, oh, here, just play with your chew toy. It's cool. Yeah, I think it'll make you feel better. There's just some weird moments there. Also, Kanan tells Zeb like, "When you find the baby." Tell it Ula sent you. Like, tell the baby? No, tell the droid. Tell the droid. Oh, I was like, yeah. how are you going to tell, hey, Ula sent me? The droid he runs into on the street randomly. I know, right? Uh, well, what kind of droid is that? Someone tell me. One of you has to know. It's a Treadwell. Oh. So, it's okay. the... It's the uh, actually, from, the, from I have, the Lars um, Homestead. Yep. So, Treadwell droid. First scene on the Skywalker's moisture farm, as you mentioned... So here's a fact that I thought was weird. It's funny that you thought I would know this, but I do. I um, the, this is, it's identified as a second class droid, but there's no canonical info on what a second class droid is. There's some legends info, which I can get into, but what, what does that mean? Mm, there's connotations there. I don't want to get I into. I know, right? I mean, it's not like saying a second generation droid, right? Yeah. That means totally. like. But second class droid, <laughs> so it has a lesser job, or like it's a service droid. What are you trying to say? Maybe it's lesser, like thinking power, like processing power. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, not as sentient, not as close to sentience as the other droids. 
That's what I'm assuming, but it does yeah, feel like weird. That better. Right? I like that a little better than yeah. So in Legends, <laughs> they say second class droids were engineering and repair droids, including astromech droids, engineering droids, environmental droids, exploration droids, and sophisticated repair droids. Mm. So astromech droids is the one that like popped out to me. Like I kind of see like there are a lot like mouse droids and things that kind of just walk around. It's like beep, beep, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> but I never really thought I guess astromechs because rtd2 and chopper right is a roomba a second class droid yeah (laughs) definitely so i guess protocol droids and like droids that speak basic and kind of interact with the world as humans are first class droids maybe okay so alexa is first class (laughs) seems droidist to me (laughs) um so like we mentioned Zeb is able to find the droid and the baby, but crosses paths with the Inquisitors. Um, so I want to point out, first of all, that um, I just kind of like this bit where he gets the baby from the droid and was like, no, 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 you need to go and cause a distraction. And the droid turns the corner and then all of a sudden explodes and flies like across. <laughs> it's like, uh oh. And then also, I just kind of like, like this Mr. Mom bit with Zeb. Where he's like, Garazeb Aurelius, feared warrior, baby hunter. Garazeb Aurelius, honored soldier, feared rebel, baby hunter. It's like, I kind of want like a whole show of just like, like. Baby hunter. It's like Dog the Bounty Hunter, but with Zeb and babies. Yeah. Or I'm thinking like a like Mr. Mom or like Ooh. Look Who's Talking Now, like an 80s sitcom where it's like, Great. he's just a bumbling dad. He doesn't know how to take care of a baby. Oh, I like that. Look, uh, look who's talking. Or, I mean, yeah. no, 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 no. I, uh, what's the one with the three dads? I think it's called Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> there it is. Um, so, Kane and Ezra, meanwhile, they are meeting up with everyone, but they see another probe droid that the Seventh Sister uses as surveillance while they hunt down Zeb and the baby. They are able to dodge the probe droid. But when they arrive and find Zeb and the baby, the baby freaks out. Um, and on, on Wikipedia, it says the Inquisitors are able to find them because they can sense the fear of Pipey the baby. But the episode makes it seem like just the baby's crying loud. So that's how the Inquisitors find them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, the seventh sister seems to be using like force sensitive, uh, like methods but the fifth brother is definitely just listening yeah which maybe i don't know a species but uh maybe it's like a you know maybe that's his thing maybe do do you like this set piece i found it kind of cool like creepy again yeah it was it had this like haunted house like kind of um traipsing around in the dark like it felt this last segment all feels very like the end of the original blade runner to me like oh, stalking yeah. through these very shadowy corridors while outside, like there's, you know, outside of this like very metropolitan area. And mm-hmm. I thought it was, I don't, you know, I'll tell you how I feel about the episode at the end, but I thought at least this was a successful set piece to have this, you know, kind of mundane plot be mm-hmm. like a little more spiced up. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my barometer is I watch these episodes sometimes with my wife, um, who you've heard on this podcast. Um, and she, she's like, she gets freaked out when we watch Hocus Pocus. Like that's kind of her level of 
horror movies. Oh, I love that. And so like, I love her, how sensitive she is to that. I know it's great. I love that too. But she loves watching it. Like she'll once a year, she'll try to watch a scary movie and then it'll freak her out so much and then like have to take a year off. <laughs> but um, whenever we watch the episodes, when if she turns to me like while the Inquisitor doing something goes scary, I'm like, yeah, OK, this is a good one. Because like that's my barometer. Like I like that. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is tense. And like she kind of just confirms it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so that was one of those posts. She's like, this is really freaky. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's cool. Um, speaking of which also another freaky thing is I love the effect of the lightsabers poking through, like <laughs> just trying to stab them through the walls and the floor. I was, I was trying to f- figure out like, okay, so they, they must be using force sensitivity or are they just being like, I don't know, poke here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I also like that. So Caden like consent, he closes his eyes a little bit and senses that it's about to come. He's like, Zeb, get back now. And Zeb doesn't move a muscle, <laughs> but doesn't get stabbed. <laughs> So someone was wrong in that situation. Either Kanan miscalculated or Zeb would have gotten stepped in the foot. Yeah. So I like here also that Ezra's mode of escape is, and we're going back to some of the, the hubris of this, um, mm-hmm. of this galaxy that they, they love air conditioning because they're big fans of being comfortable <laughs> but that also leads to real security problems, air vents. Yeah. Um, I started another list this episode <laughs> of how many times Ezra uses air vents to escape. Uh, so far, I have to date seven different instances. Right. So, <laughs> so it's this wild. is the seventh. I never noticed it when first watching this, but when you started pointing it out, it's honest, like they are just. It's really horny for air vents like they try to find any it's like there's times in episodes where they're like yeah it's a shortcut let's go where there's no way that that's faster no. than just walking down the hall it's becoming a narrative crutch that the writers are using to a fault <laughs> totally like, i want to be in the writing room when they're like it's like three o'clock in the morning and they just say like oh, it, air vents <laughs> like, I, I bet that. you there's like a i bet you there's like one guy who's like just like Jim who just keeps suggesting air vents. Who's like someone's cousin who they had to hire. Yeah. And it's just like, they're like, oh, okay, how are they going to get out of this? How do they get out of this? And then like Jim raises his hands like, no, we're not doing air vents again. He's like, but, but I mean, it makes sense. It could be a shortcut. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to bring up one thing before we moved from Inquisitors. Yeah. That I, I guess I'm, I'm cause I haven't watched Rebels since it ended really. Mm-hmm. And so watching it again and like paying attention to all the designs, the seventh sister's mask reminds yeah. me for some reason of dark helmet from Spaceballs. Like, I don't know oh. why it's like a thin version of dark <laughs> yes. helmet. That's funny. Cause I feel like I did. I made that reference, I think, but to the fifth brother, cause he had yeah. like mm. in the concept art, he had more of a bigger bulbous helmet. So someone's in, someone's inspired by Spaceballs, that's for sure. Other Dave than the world. He's just watching Spaceballs over and over again. He's like, this is it. This is, this is Star um, Wars. I know. I'm so He's glad like you brought that up. Grade. In my notes, I wrote down LOL at her ha- at her helmet. So <laughs> I'm so happy you, you've, you spotted it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've talked about this on, on the podcast, but we used to have a, a van when I was a little kid that had a VCR in it. And the only tape that was in the VCR ever was Spaceballs. And so I was like eight or nine years old. Every single time we got in the car, I'd watch Spaceballs. 
which is super inappropriate now looking back at it for an eight-year-old <laughs> i don't know different like, time and like the audio was on in the like in the car so it's not like my parents didn't know what was going on they're like oh yeah yeah <laughs> penis lightsabers yeah that's cool <laughs> anyway <laughs> um <laughs> That's funny. I didn't make the connection between comparing people's short size to <laughs> being phallic know? because yeah. it was just a part of my childhood. That's so and funny. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't there like one like, uh, we don't have to talk about it. Never mind. It's a kid's show. We'll talk about phallic objects on our off time. Okay, great. Um, so the rebels end up escaping with Pipey. Um Ezra hides in the ventilation shaft, as you said. The fifth brother is onto them and kind of poking his lightsaber up into the ventilation shaft. But Ezra is able to make a connection because we've learned he has the power to connect with other beings and he is able to yeah. calm Pipey. This is also, I think, we kind of gloss over it, but there's a revelation that Caden has that he is like, the baby's freaked out because he can sense your fear. And Ezra's like, wait, how could he do that? He's like, I shouldn't have seen it before. He's strong with the force like you. And then Inquisitors are hunting them to eat them or something. Um, so that's what he's doing. He makes the connection. He's able to calm Pipey down. And then... Which we all kind of assume that from the get-go, right? Was anyone not like... I mean, was it, would any <laughs> yeah, adult watching this? It kind of stuck out. Yeah. yeah. That it was just kind of an obvious like, oh, that these are force-sensitive babies. But that might just be us yeah. informed about like Star Wars. True. Yeah, another barometer, which I, I honestly love this. I'm not like trying to be like, be like, oh, ladies, they don't know things. Um, but my wife is like more of a casual Star Wars fan. So things like Darth Maul in uh, Solo, I'm like, did that bug you? And she's like, no, that was cool. I'm like, okay, cool. Then it was cool to like regular people. This she was like, why did why do they want the babies? So she didn't get it when she was original watching mm -hmm. it. So it might just be kind of obvious nerds like us. Yeah, if you have a Star Wars podcast, it's pr it probably should be obvious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it, I'd be disappointed if anyone, either of us, were like, "Oh my god, that was shocking." Yeah, another great example of that using my wife as a barometer is um, in Rogue One. She didn't note, she didn't realize that Peter Cushing was CGI. Yeah, mm. I, I think that's I think that was fairly common. I've heard that a lot. Well, I've heard a lot of people being it's like, it looks so weird. It's so terrible. I hated it. But I'm like, yeah, well, those are people just, like us. Yeah. People who aren't Star Wars nerds just then didn't like know that he was dead. We're just like, oh, OK, it's just a dude. Yeah. So good for us to get some perspective sometimes. I have to add a note here about um, outside. I like a lot of the shots of outside. And interesting that Brandon, you noticed that uh, you noted at the beginning about the commercials that are the trailers for Resistance, the show, the Star Wars animated show that's coming up. There's a lot of like bustling traffic outside. And yeah. The scenes are a lot more busy. Um, and then kind of comparing it to this Hammer Town place that's pretty quiet outside. Um, but there are a couple of, you know, speeders going by back and forth. And I remember watching that and being like, I really like that and I want more of that. Because I'm such a fan of the mundane in like totally. in shows. Like I'm so into it. Like if I play World of Warcraft, I just want to do professions. Like I just want to fish <laughs> and like cook and mine. Like I love boring <laughs> stuff like that. And so in Star Wars, I love like, oh, traffic. I want to see like how traffic lights work or like do are there parking tickets? And yeah, I, I want more of that. I want Absolutely. more. Absolutely. I want more of the mundane. You're you're actually making me think of something. It's 
I'm having a little bit of aha moment. I think that's a lot of the reason why we're doing this podcast. Cause these were the conversations we were always having. Like when we, you and I would just get coffee and just be like, so like, do you think like hammerheads racist to Thorians? <laughs> yeah. And we would just like talk about that for like half an hour. <laughs> it's just basically um, a platform to talk about our, like the social construct of our world without having yeah. to actually confront it. <laughs> totally. And I think it's, I mean, it's very Star Wars in my opinion, because that was one, like, from what I understand in 77, like one of the biggest things was the cantina scene because it was just like, yeah, here's a bunch of interesting aliens and interesting drinks in an interesting setting. And they're just living their lives. It's yeah. just like, here's a bunch of people drinking at a bar. I mean, yeah. And it was for Lucas also a way of communicating political and social messages mm-hmm. and veiling it with like something like a little more like it's almost like star wars is just a massive innuendo for him to like gently like communicate some views through like you know battle of endor talking about like you know nature versus you know societies things like that yeah so we're not just wasting our time talking about a kid show mom yeah (laughs) we're sophisticated (laughs) i like that um so kanan engages the seventh sister as Zeb battles the fifth brother, um, and they try to cover and let Ezra escape back to the Phantom with the baby. But as Ezra exits, he's spotted by one of the seventh sister's probe droids. And we will get to that in the end. Brandon, um, do you play Battlefront 2? Or Battlefront, either of them? I, I have played Battlefront. I don't have a, a uh, system. So when I went home for the holidays, I played on my little brother's system, actually. So I played mm-hmm. through the entire story mode, but I haven't played in probably six months now. That's that's about me. I, I basically have played the story and none of the online content. But I love yeah. seeing that probe droid prop, pop up because it is so the whatever mm. the main character of that. Uh, yeah, Iden Verso. Yeah, there it is. Totally. Mm-hmm. Her backpack thing. Yeah. yeah which the seventh which the seventh sister has right yeah totally it's a we mm-hmm. i think we talked about this in the last episode it's Iden verso has a slightly newer version of that droid but yeah, it yeah. is the same droid made by the same person but i like these droids actually because we saw in that episode the haunted house one like two of these droids almost take out zeb so like they're little but they're they're they pack a punch oh yeah um so they are running, 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 and Ezra gets to the um, docking bay and is locked. And I actually kind of like this. I thought about it because he's like, paranoid droid. He just thought that Chopper locked him out, which would be another psychopathic tendency <laughs> of him. But if you remember the seventh sister as they're escaping, radios into some commander and is like, lock the city down and oh, yeah. give us backup. So mm-hmm. I think... That was actually the seventh sister's fault, not Chopper's. Yeah. And then they're backed into a corner. So Kanan and Zeb engage the Inquisitors while Ezra tries to protect the baby and they are beaten pretty easily, which I thought was kind of interesting. We hadn't really seen like the extent of their powers yet. And they kind of just beat the crap out of Kanan and (laughs) Ezra pretty easily. My one nitpick, though, I've brought this up before, is we need a name for this, but they do that thing I hate so much in these fights where they've already knocked out Zeb. And then I think the fifth brother lifts Kanan up with the force and he's like defenseless, defenseless, hanging like a rag doll. And then 
the seventh sister does like a flying karate kick and kicks him in the stomach instead of stabbing him yeah if she she could have just cut him in half and like that would be that's like that's it she just accomplished her mission but she chose to kick him instead they do that so much in this series it bugs me so much (laughs) but anyway they beat him pretty well and then i don't think i've ever dropped a cuss word on this show but i can't do anything other than this ahsoka comes in and kicks some fucking ass this is so (laughs) sick unexpected but not unwelcome ezra get the youngling to the ship well, rewind a little bit. Ezra comes in and does not kick some fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, Ezra. Which I like that. I like too that it's like the the seven sisters like I don't have time for this. It just force pushes him and just knocks yeah. him out. It's like why didn't she just always do that? Yeah. Like she does that. They do that. I think she, they do that to Zeb. They just force push him out of the way, which makes sense because it's not a Jedi. But they also force choke Kanan and then force push Ezra. Yeah, evidently they're like the most powerful force pushers ever. But yeah, so Basoka comes in and she does tear it up. And this is yeah. where I said I was going to bring back a metal reference. She does anyone notice when she force pushes the seventh sister? Yeah, she does so with her metal fingers out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> screenshot. I took a screenshot of eighteen thirty. That's awesome. Of, stand, of Ahsoka holding a lightsaber, putting throwing metal fingers into the air. Mm-hmm. It's I bad. loved that touch actually, and I was thinking about it too because I think. I think so. The thing that gets really conveyed in this is how good of a fighter Ahsoka is. We mentioned it. We knew she was really good in the Clone Wars, but she just kicks ass in this. And so she force pushes, like you're saying, while holding a lightsaber, which I don't think I remember seeing before. So is that just her being just kind of flaunting, being like, I could still force push you even though my hands are full? I don't care. Yeah, with two fingers. Yeah. So I thought that was sick. Also, I mean, we glossed over this, but this is the first time we officially see the white lightsabers. She ignites the white. Oh, in Rebels? Yeah. Well, Mm. never, ever. This is the first time she fights in Rebels, right? I'm I'm, I'm kind of... Yeah, this is the first time. Oh, wow. This is... Wow. This is, yeah, the first appearance. That's crazy. Yeah, because she has the green lightsabers in in Clone Wars. And then in the book... I don't remember if they mentioned the white lightsabers or not, but this is the first time we've seen them and they are so cool. We've, we've both yeah. talked about this. This is absolutely hundred percent my favorite lightsaber yeah. color and my favorite lightsaber configuration. I love the two lightsabers. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. it a lot. Um, yeah, it is very visual. Yeah. What are your favorite lightsaber configurations? Ooh. Oh, Brandon, do you want to go first? Yeah, so, I have uh, one. A uh, mm-hmm. very specific one, which is Anakin and I think Attack of the Clones with a green and blue lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, is super cool. Yeah, that's um, sick. I like that. I, I, if, if not these whites uh, of Ahsoka, I would probably have to say Dooku's. <laughs> <laughs> I love just the, I, I love like the gentlemanly, uh, his technique and this very, Totally. Like, I feel like every time I hear Obi Wan say like a more a civilized weapon from like you know a more civilized time, I think about yeah. like Dooku's lightsaber, like this very 
high society saver. Yeah, I am. I agree. I like the clerk curved handles too. Like, I just think it just looks cool. Um, I also, I'm, I like the red lightsabers. Like, I think they look the coolest. Um, I have a Darth Vader lightsaber somewhere. (laughs) And I remember like, did you ever play that RPG? Like the MMORPG, like Knights of the Old Republic or the Old Republic, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And you can like pick, I would always be a Jedi, like a good guy with red lightsabers. Cause I just thought they were so cool. Hmm. Um, but that doesn't make sense canonically. So that makes no sense. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's a bunch of really cool stuff in here. So her fight, I love her fighting style. It's so unique. We don't really see anyone else do it. We, we know that she practices the uncommon forgot what it's called. It's like Shurisu or something like that, where first of all, it's uncommon for her to use two lightsabers. That's not really a thing Jedi do. Also, she does the reverse grip, which I think is really cool. Uh, Um, yeah. Also, this I might be reading into this a little bit, but I feel like she kind of does things that no no Jedi would do. Um, and I wonder if it's like a byproduct of her rejecting the Jedi Order, kind of becoming a more like rounded fighter. And that's one of the reasons why she's so good. You'll even notice like the very first thing she does is she jumps. She ignites the lightsabers and then jumps in the air and then like kind of dives head first with like these big swinging, like aggressive, like lightsaber swings down and i feel like that's just so against the like only for defense like she's just like no i'm gonna take these turkeys and just goes for it yeah yeah no i agree i i I do think it's a a byproduct of her not necessarily embracing both sides but yeah Mm -hmm. having a, a casting kind of a wider net on like the possibilities of what a a jedi or like at least a you know, a defender of good can be totally. Yeah. I don't think she's kind of balanced in the sense of going closer to the dark side, but I do think she has more of a holistic look in the universe. Yeah. Like she probably looks at the scoundrels of the universe and is like, well, maybe like I should shoot first. That probably makes sense in some circumstances. Yeah. Um, she also, um, there's really cool move where she kind of knocks back the seventh sister. She already took care of the fifth brother and then she deignites the lightsabers and does like this meditation oh, move. Yeah. And then the mm-hmm. seventh sister comes at her and she just grabs the hilt by with her bare hands and then uses the force to turn off the seventh sister's lightsaber. And you can yeah. just see the seventh sister's eyes just like kind of like, what the hell just happened? That's and a Jedi move. <laughs> that was cool. And I so mean, that's the, the, so like, Luke, that's like Luke Skywalker, not fighting kylo yeah totally i mean super jedi yeah and that's a i mean that's another is that's another jedi thing is the end of the fight she you know holds a lightsaber to her and is like you're beaten surrender yeah i mean it's it's a hero move i mean like in in literature and film i mean the you know these super moralistic heroes who abide by certain rules do this i mean that's the harry potter expelliarmus he's not killing or destroying they're just disarming and like to preserve the quality of mercy Mm, i like that um the executive producer henry gilroy said something interesting he said that uh ahsoka has been honing her skills but has not had the same amount of like real life battle practice since you know in the clone wars she's almost a daily thing where she was fighting Mm -hmm. she hasn't had as many reps but because because of that her growth has been more spiritual than physical 
Um, so she's obviously become a better fighter, but this is kind of, I think a good, a good example of where, you know, maybe she's not getting reps in the gym, but she's figuring out like more holistic ways to fight. And so this is like a super cool Kung Fu move, Same. which I loved. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then to exit the fight, or if you're getting mm-hmm. there, um, I love, and I want to put this part in slow motion and play, I believe I can fly. Um, <laughs> she jumps towards the, the ghost with mm-hmm. like, like, you know, arms wide open and <laughs> with arms wide open. <laughs> I believe I can. Um, yeah, I like that. Speaking of jumping too, there's another thing I noticed is before that, the fifth brother throws his lightsaber at her and she jumps over the lightsaber. Then she jumps into the phantom. Like you were saying, the fifth brother really likes throwing his lightsaber. That's like another list we could make. He did it like five times in this episode. He threw it at the passengers. He threw it at the, when they were doing the escape in the cars, he threw it like he just throws that thing everywhere. Do you know, the more he does it at first, it bothered me, but the more he does it, the more I'm getting into it at this point. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, when the seventh just, sister does it, uh, when the seventh sister does it at, uh, the very end of the fight to Ahsoka, yeah. I thought it was going to be like, uh, Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man with, uh, Green Goblin oh, when he does that, but yeah. he actually impales himself. Yeah. Uh, totally. she jumps up, but, uh, but no, they did not show an impaling on Star Wars Rebels. This episode. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been a total been cool. Jedi thing too. Like, yeah. Step out of the way, let you do it to yourself. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. I feel like he's probably just like really into ultimate Frisbee. Yeah. He's like, yo, let's, eh, let's throw like the bee around. Sounds more man. like a Kanan thing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the seventh <laughs> brother or maybe the fifth, fifth brother and Kanan would really get along if they weren't mortal enemies. They could just hacky sack, throw some ultimate. Yeah. Um, cool. They probably both went to Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> so as we mentioned, Ahsoka escapes, she gets into the phantom and they fly off to freedom. Um, on the ship, the babies are reunited with their families, except for the grandma. Cause she's probably dead. Ahsoka says that a Sith Lord back in the Clone Wars once did the same thing, trying to steal babies. As we mentioned, that was Sidious who made a similar attempt on force sensitive children. But this time the Jedi are gone. So that means that the rebels need to be the protectors of the babies. Baby savers. And that's when the title <laughs> pops up for the new sitcom. Yeah. It's all right. Cause we're saved by Kanan. <laughs> I like that. Um, meanwhile, the inquisitors return to their destroyed ships, but also arrive to some good news for them. The probe droid was able to record Ezra as he left the building. Remember we said that he was seen by the probe droid and he goes, he says, like, you'd love to live with us on Gorel, right? Wouldn't that be cool, little baby? Gosh, and what a, a freaking stooge. <laughs> Seriously. You'd love to live with us on Gorel at 145 um, <laughs> Pine Circle, where we, are, where we go to dinner at every, where we have dinner at every five o'clock and gather around the table without our lightsabers. <laughs> like Come on, dude. I know. And like, I, I like that he stopped to make sure that the bait is like, cause he leaves the building while he's being chased by these deadly inquisitors, but he just like stops for a second. He's like, Hey, you want to know my address? Cool. Yeah. And then he takes off. Like <laughs> that conversation get awaited. Yeah. Um, but that's the ending is the probe droid reporting back to the seventh sister. 
that recording of Ezra saying, do you like to live with us on Corral? And she's like, yes, we would love to live with you on Corral. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe they're not trying to kill them. Maybe they just want to live with them. Maybe they're like, "Uh, (laughs) maybe it's going to be like a lost boys situation where they're like, we just all want air to be our mom. Yeah. We have said before that the seventh sister is a little creepy. She says something else kind of creepy in this one. Uh, when she's fighting Ahsoka, I forgot exactly what the words were, but it was like, we know what you're trying to do with these babies. And she's like, who doesn't want to be a mother? And it's like, first <laughs> of all, that's, that's kind of creepy. Second of all, I don't want to be a mother. Third of all, <laughs> there's lots of people who make that decision for themselves. So I don't think it's a, it's a, it's an appropriate statement. Oh, wow. Good one. Here we go. All right. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the episode. Does, does, does anyone have any other notes? No, I think my only note was during the speeder chase. I think I, I might be wrong about the actual types of speeders, but one mm-hmm. reminded me of Phantom Menace and the other reminded me of Moss Eisley, which I thought was cool. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That would make sense too. You know, if you're in a, you, you know, you see some uh, different models driving down the street. Yeah. That's yeah. a nice touch. Uh, do you know what I kind of wish was happening? Um, when Brandon was talking about land speeders in the background. It reminded me of a terrific movie. Here we go with the movie references. Did any of you ever see Xenon Girl of the 21st Century? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the 1999 Disney Channel original. No, I didn't. Star- starring Kristen Storms. Great movie. Anyways, <laughs> let me get to the point here. In their future world, every car, do you remember what every car was? was a VW bug, like those 2000 era VW bugs. That's what the future looks like. Flash forward to 2018. That's not, not a truth <laughs> that we've come to realize. No. But I wish the Star Wars universe would adopt this model. That's like you it. want That's VW bugs note. in the Star Wars universe? Just every car to be exactly the same. Uh, maybe yeah. And maybe be a VW bug. That, yeah, but then how will they sell toys, right? How ooh, how will Disney make ooh. money? Mm, that's true. Kind of problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also like when they when this Ithorian, I like to think like this fifth brother destroys his car and it crashes. Like, how does he explain that to the insurance company? He's like, oh, I swear, these, this guy, car. he looks like a shark, had a, had like this laser sword, and he just like chopped off my engine. I don't know what happened. They're like, okay, buddy. And yeah, the techno union will take care of it. All right, so we like to end each episode with a rating scale uh, where we do our current favorite thing in Star Wars to our current least favorite thing in Star Wars. Um, and then we plot the episode somewhere in between and give it a lighter scale. Peter, do you want to give an example of what the scale looks like? Sure. Um, so currently, my favorite thing in Star Wars is the throne room battle in The Last Jedi my least favorite thing in Star Wars is 1997's hit special edition song by Size Snoodles, Jedi Rocks. <laughs> so on that scale, I give this episode Cloud City um, because, you know, Cloud City is kind of whatever to me, mm. kind of in the middle. I think it's a little boring, actually, but then it gets like rocketed back up with a badass lightsaber fight at the end. So right. to me, that's like a B minus. 
Okay. Um, well, I'm, I go a different direction. I go, my okay. current favorite thing is the poetic death of Yoda on Dagobah in Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi. Two, Han Solo got his name from a cheeky Imperial. Mm-hmm. Um, I give this episode uh, the broomstick kid in um, <laughs> The Last Jedi, which is to say, if followed through with, um, that's going to be really cool if somehow they incorporate that. But mm-hmm. without them following through with that little, you know, touch, I think it's going to feel like kind of false stakes or just lazy storytelling. Like, I, it's kind of how I feel about like the whole arc of this episode. Like, if the Force children aren't somehow followed through with, which they aren't ever, this episode kind of feels like standalone and kind of mm-hmm. meaningless. And now that Rebels is over, we never really see Force children come into play again. So, this episode kind of feels, I mean, you could basically dismiss it. You could delete it and it would have no significance to the series arc. That being said, it's still fun and Ahsoka. Yeah. There are some really cool moments. That ending fight scenes were really fun. The mm-hmm. whole haunted house, like Blade Runner scene, really cool. But it translates to like a B minus. Now, like the broomstick kid, if that's followed through with, I'll, I'm going to like that a lot more. But if it's just kind of left there, I'm going to be like, well, what was the point? Yeah. So, I'll say I, l- I really like your analysis. I think that's a great point. And it applies fantastically to this episode. I will not take besmirching broomstick hit on this podcast, though. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even enough. if it's not followed through, I thought that was a great touch. But we can agree to disagree. All right, Brandon. What? 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 What do you? What's your scale? Uh, my favorite moment in Star Wars is at the end of Return of the Jedi when Luke like rejects the dark side and says like I'm a Jedi like Ooh. my father before me. So that's the nice. that's the pinnacle. Wow, I've never heard someone side. use that one. That's good. It's I, I, I said it actually uh, on Blast Points. They are asking what their favorite Return of the Jedi moment was. And I said that moment, like he does a little head tilt. And it's just yeah. my favorite. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like my favorite one scene in Star Wars period. So it's a great acting um, moment, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that and yeah, tonight- this is besides the point. But people were saying like, oh, Luke's going to be evil and less Jedi or whatever. And yeah. I was like, no, like he's in the scene. Like he's not going to be evil. It's going to be fine. Like, don't worry. <laughs> I love that actually. And sorry for going down a tangent a little bit, but I, I just yeah. I forgot where I read this article, but there's a fantastic article about how there's a connection to be made about people who are upset about Luke in The Last Jedi fundamentally not understanding that moment in Return of the Jedi, which is really interesting. The point was basically like, a lot of people see that ending as like Luke was a badass swordsman and kicked a bunch of ass and then he threw his lightsaber down and showed mercy to his enemy that he would have kicked his ass, but he showed mercy instead. And that's why they're like upset that that didn't really play out. Whereas in actuality, I think what George Lucas's point was, was that he was realizing fighting was futile, that he would never win if he just fought. The only way to win is to and idealize the Jedi teachings of winning yeah. through peace. And so I love that, but sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. No, that's, that's perfect. Cause really the next time he tries to use his lightsaber in anger, it backfires on him with Kylo. So then I think mm-hmm. oh, yeah. it kind of keeps showing him, you know, that that's not the answer. I love anyway, that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I could talk about that for a very long time, uh, <laughs> but on the opposite side of the spectrum, is Jar Jar Binks uh, stepping in shit 
on most Espa. <laughs> it's like icky, icky goo. <laughs> so uh, those are the two ranges. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, first uh, of all, before you tell us where you like this, I love this scale because my last season scale was the battle, the whole battle in the end of Return of the Jedi was my favorite thing. Mm. And then Jar Jar Binks being farted on by the EOP was my least favorite thing. So yeah. we line up pretty well, <laughs> which is sick. That's pretty, that's pretty on par. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, this for me kind of lands solo Kessel run for me. And I mm-hmm. like solo a lot. I'll say that. But yeah, you know, Kessel Run, I think, was a little anticlimactic for me. Like we heard about it for years and like parts of it were super cool, like the skeleton of the creature and all that stuff, like some really cool stuff. But then also some stuff I was like, ah, uh, like, do we need yeah. like uh, Woody Harrelson or whatever, like making it go faster or whatever it was, you know? And so uh, it was like a Hit solid the B for me. Mm, cool. <laughs> right? It was like a fast yeah. and furious, like, okay, yeah. like, we're going to Tokyo drift out of the uh, run, but yeah. So sick. <laughs> yeah. I like that. But yeah, cool. it's like a B. Um, awesome. Mostly because of the Ahsoka stuff at the end and the white lightsabers, like y'all mentioned. Yeah. Um, that definitely kind of redeemed cool. everything. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I have, to, I, have, I have to figure out if they make like force effects lightsabers that are Ahsoka's. Dude, be so sick. Ooh, that'd be cool. I don't think they do. Uh, uh, that'd, be, that'd be something I would actually buy. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do some research. <laughs> Start petitioning Hasbro. I'll take it. Um, tell us a little bit about where uh, your podcast can be found. And just mm-hmm. you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast where the people can hear you more? Yeah. Um, well, you can find Talking Bay 94 on Spotify or iTunes or really, really anywhere. Um, we're on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Talking Bay 94. Uh, and yeah, really, it's pretty much just me like shutting up and letting like the people that actually made <laughs> Star Wars talk about making Star Wars. And I, I have a blast doing it. Um, we have some really cool episodes coming up. Uh, we just finished one with I don't know when this is going to air, but we just finished one with Greg Proops, who was one of the pod racer announcers in Phantom oh. Menace. And no. he, he like does all the voices during the interview. And I'm just like freaking out. Like you can hear me just like passing out during the, the interview. Cause it was just him <laughs> saying like, it's Skywalker. And I was like, holy crap. No like, this is the best way. day of my entire life. That's um, amazing. And we have, uh, Harrison Ellenshaw, um, this week who was the matte painter for the first two movies. Like he, Ralph McQuarrie worked for him, which is super cool. Um, wow. and yeah, we have some cool stuff coming up. So, so well, stay tuned. That's amazing. Yeah, so check out Talking Bay 94. Freaking Wait, cool. did you say, sorry, I'm, uh, you cut out for a second, but did you say Greg Proops? Yeah. Which announcer did From, you get on? Uh, that's, that's so sick. Yeah. That's, okay, I'm yeah. really excited for that to come out. He's, a real, yeah, he's really cool. funny. He came to Dallas. Yeah, he came to Dallas and we went to his show and I had reached out to him a couple weeks before. I was like, hey, like I run the Star Wars podcast, like. You know, like if you want to be on the Star Wars podcast, you can. And he was like, yeah, sure. And so we went back to the green room after he was done with his set. It was like midnight wow. in Dallas, you know, like it was super cool. And he talked for like 30 minutes about, you know, his entire story. He has a 
a Harrison Ford story uh, that I won't spoil here, but it was, it really changed my perception of uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I'll say that. Wow. So. Oh. That's a teaser. All right. Sweet. Perfect. Yeah. That's what I call a tease. <laughs> Perfect. All right, cool. I'm really excited. Peter, um, where, can, awesome. uh, where can we be found? We can be found rebels, rebels pod at gmail.com. If you want to email us, otherwise Instagram or Twitter are both rebels, rebels pod um you can find us on all the major podcasting outlets and please 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 leave us a review on itunes um we will read any comments that you leave on bonus episodes and deep dives so if you want to just like say that say something silly tell us what your scale is um talk about how cool broom kit is just put that in there and then we'll be happy to read it on the show yeah uh, yeah, and again, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, until next time, remember to be brave out there and don't look back. Don't look back. See you. Bye.